0: Bible study. Yeah. And welcome to another episode of the Kingdom Project podcast. I'm your host Marcus Hall and this is Drive Through Bible Study. We are in Colossians chapter 3 and we're going to go through this and see what Paul has to say here. All right. So, chapter 3. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. All right. Paul begins this focused on this practical Christian living with a clear understanding that It is built on the foundation of this theological truth, right? We know, because we know that Jesus is really raised from the dead, then our identification with him is real. It becomes real. And it's only because we were raised with Christ. Now, understand that. We were raised with Christ because of that, we can seek those things which are above. So that whole idea of being raised with Christ was introduced back in Colossians 2, and Paul used baptism to illustrate this spiritual reality. Now, seeing that we are raised with Christ, certain behavior is then appropriate to us, all right? So the opening verses here is the closest connection with the closing verses of chapter 2, where Paul is reminding Colossians that the ascetic regulations are of no real value at all in restraining indulgence of the the flesh and all that. The only remedy all right for desires of the the flesh and all that is found in the believers' experience of their union with Jesus. So because we are raised with Christ, we should be like as Jesus. Um and, and 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 act just as Jesus did when he was resurrected. It's kind of what he's saying here. So, uh, he left the tomb. Get out of the tomb. We don't live there anymore, right? Uh, we he he Jesus uh ministered to his disciples. So we should uh, uh serve one another. He um. We, we should also have be empowered and know that there's the power and the enabling of the Holy Spirit within us, right? And uh, so all of that. So to emphasize it even more, Paul adds this phrase um, the, uh, the, the seated at the right hand of God, and that's an allusion to Psalm 110, if you want to look that up. At a later time, and you read that, but it focuses attention on this rule which Christ now exercises. He's King of Kings, Lord of Lords. Okay. Now, set your mind on these things above. The, 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 the posture, the heart attitude comes from the minds that are fixed on not heaven per se, but on Jesus on the things that are above it's it's not about getting to heaven you're you're already there you're seated there as well your um your citizenship is there so it's not about being fixed on just waiting to die and go to heaven your your minds are on things that are above spiritual matters right um those types of things and 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 Um, knowing that the Holy Spirit is in us, Jesus is interceding on our behalf, and that union connects us to all these things that help us um, get through what we need to get through but also have victory in it as we live and walk in this life, never ceasing um, um, of praying and uh, walking by the Spirit, being led by the Spirit, and we realize that our lives are now hidden with Christ in God, Because Jesus is enthroned in heaven, so our thoughts and our hearts are connected to all of this as well. All right, so then he has this uh, part here, when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in in glory. Now, um, depending on your eschatological stance, it could be the second uh, coming of Jesus in a future. Uh, since when when the pro, like when Jesus returns, it's not only that we will see his glory but so that we will also appear with him in glory. Um, but also it could also it just depends. there's inc- inconsistencies with a lot of our theologies if if we believe that when we die we'll be in the presence um, of the Lord. but if you believe those there will be a resurrection of the dead. And then a judgment day, then <laughs> see the inconsistency there. So when, when, when Christ, who is your life, appears, it could mean when you die and appears to you, and then you'll be in uh, appear with him in glory. Or it could be the second coming or um, any type of eschatological stance there. I'm not going to go too far into that because uh, this just wants to keep this uh, somewhat simple within this context here but those are your options, okay? Um, So we go on the five. Put, um, five through seven, put to death therefore what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these you two once walked when you were living in them. All right, so again, another eschatological statement in there but the therefore points um or you know in other translations five starts off with a well no it's put to death therefore sorry therefore points back to the identification uh put to death because your identification is within the risen and enthroned Jesus that i just mentioned Because we understand this fact, then we are to put to death the things in our life that are contrary to our identification with Jesus. Um, Do we die daily? Do we take up a cross daily and follow Jesus? No, I don't. I don't think that. I think those are bits of uh, uh, misinterpretations. We pick up a cross once. We deny ourselves once. We die once. However, the transformation and renewal of the mind that needs to take place. So. Here's these things that um, definitely have a place in the mind, sexual immorality, impurity, passions, uh, evil desire, covetousness, and which leads to idolatry. All, all of these things lead to idolatry because if any of these things take priority in our lives, then they become an idol. So they need to be taken out of the mind. They need to be put to death and that's that's where the the transformation and renewal of the mind comes from because we have been given a new heart from Jesus. We are a new creation. Our identification is no longer of uh, a sin of Adam, but our identification is now in Christ. So these things have no place here. All right. So all of these things um, are are tied to. Uh, Sexual sins in here, some of this, uh, the sexual immorality. um, ESV says that, and then impurity, passion, and stuff. Other other, uh, translations say um, uh, fornication, uh, uncleanness, passion, evil desire. Um, And those all refer to sexual sin, so we just get uh, sexual immorality tied up in the ESV there. And then covetousness. it, it seems sim- It's simple but it's greed and nothing less than idolatry but I would say that all of these become idolatry like I just mentioned um, Jesus would not walk in any of these things so if our identification is now with, with him and in him we won't walk in these things either alright so uh, it's there's no place for these things in the believer's life so on account of these things, the wrath of God is coming. Again, the eschatological statement. The sins mentioned previously are part of the way of the world and how the world lives. It's not the way of, of Jesus and a disciple of Jesus. Um, so we have to face these things in our lives um, on who or what am I going to identify with? Is it the world or my selfishness, which would be like the world, or with Jesus? Now, these sins invite uh, the wrath of God, <laughs> but not if you are saved and forgiven. But he's saying, on account of the of these, on account of these, okay, of what he just mentioned, the wrath of God is coming. So, um, the wrath is coming to, uh, because of, on account of these sins here, uh, because the world loves that type of lifestyle, they don't have humility and will come to the Lord to be reconciled and forgiven. And uh, they continue in these sins and it, this is their condemnation, all right? However, um, it it depends all here on what is coming, like, when it is coming this is written in the first century my stance on this is that this is pointing to the destruction of the Jeru- uh, jerusalem and the temple that takes place in 70 a.d however that does not say count out uh, judgment of all of those who um are not in christ all right so there is judgment there are still people who die not knowing the lord and there will be judgment for that judgment and wrath go together they can equal justice um but what's that look like that's for another episode okay and then he says in these you two once walked when you were living in them so these uh obviously is what we've come from identification of sin the knowledge of good and evil being of um being of Adam or in Adam. Uh, we once walked this way, but we are no longer because this is, they are in the past tense for the new creation. You, the Christian, Uh Christian should not live like sons of disobedience, um, should not be comfortable in a habitual sin. Paul says that Christians, Christians once walked in this way. Um, and therefore it should, not, uh, should, no, should no longer be a part of our life right um, or a manner of our living okay so eight and nine but now you must put them all away anger wrath malice slander and obscene talk from your mouth do not lie to one another seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices I'll go ahead and go to ten and have put and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Well, there you go. Uh, more renewal there. The sins uh, in in the Paul's next list here are regor, uh, regarded by a, a lot of people as the tiny sins or little sins. However, sin is sin that some of us may overlook. Uh, but Paul here challenged us. Challenges us, uh, not just the church at Colossae, but all of us to put off the old man in every area of our lives. Each of these sins are committed by primarily by what we say, all right? Anger, wrath, malice, all of these things, filthy language, obscene talk, is uh, a lot of times uh, from the mouth. It's it's our words and um, comes from our tongue. So he's calling everyone into a deeper obedience and telling us um, to uh, bridle our tongue, uh, which is also part of um, James. And James, um, that comes up. James 1, 26. James 3, 1 through 9. All right. So um, th- he's going to tell us in, to put on the new uh, hat. And have put on the new self, right? It's being re- renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. So, um, put off, you know, put off these sins, put on these new. All right. In this section, Paul showed showing two high priorities in Christian living: sexual morality connected with the right attitude towards material things, and simple. Uh, getting along in love with one another, right? Um, Paul Paul is insisting that they both have a high place in Christian uh, lifestyle or practice, if you will. So um, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practice and put on the new self there, it means that in Jesus, the saints of God are different people. You're brand new, you're new create new creations, right? Put on that new man. As we put off the old, we put on the new. Uh, the phrase Paul used was commonly u- uh, used for changing a set of clothes, all right? It, it's just almost, you, you picture uh, yourself taking off the old, putting on the new man in Jesus. And because the new man is renewed in knowledge, he becomes hungry to know what God says and what God is like through his word and through prayer and worship. And this is all, um, it's about according to the image of him who created him. Paul is alluding to the creation story back in Genesis, where it said that God created Adam in his own image. Nevertheless, now that the first Adam is regarded as the old man who should be put off and discarded, um, we we now, um, now we are created after the image of the second Adam, which is Jesus. And then in 11, and here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, uh, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all." Um, It's a good statement there. So uh, the new man is part of a family. It favors no race, no ethnicity, no nationality, no class, no culture, or anything. It only favors Jesus because in this family, Christ is all and in all. It's this work of the new creation not only deals with the old man and gives us the new man patterned after Jesus, but it also breaks down the barriers that separate people in society. Among new creation people, it doesn't matter if one is a Greek or a Jew, if they're circumcised or uncircumcised. All barriers are broken down. It's in Ephesians as well. This, this, wall, this dividing wall of hostility is gone Jesus has taken it away all right so um, but the thing is to understand this in the context is that all of these barriers did exist in the ancient Roman world and the power of God through the gospel was breaking them down especially uh, uh, the barrier between slave and free and Christianity was changing that um, so now 12 through 17 um, put on then as god as god's chosen ones holy and beloved compassionate hearts kindness humility meekness and patience bearing with one another and if one has a complaint against another forgiving each other with thankfulness in your hearts to God in whatever you do, in word or deed. Do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. All right, the new man here is the chosen, God's chosen ones. This means that God has chosen the Christian, you, the believer, chosen him to be a uh, part of his plan all right now some some translations say uh the the elect of god and sometimes the word elect frightens some people (laughs) and i'm not getting into uh election or predestination Uh, i believe all have been predestined because god wants no man to perish and god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son right uh, so no one should perish, all right? So we've all been chosen chosen before the foundation of the world and um, as chosen ones to be this new man in Christ, all right? So in each of the qualities that are mentioned, express themselves within relationships, uh, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience and bearing with one another. Um this uh, the christian life is is found simply on how we treat people the quality of our relationships with them and uh bearing with one another and and if and if there is a complaint forgiving each other all right so there's 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 this tenderness and there's humility and being humble uh if something is is uh, tender it's as sensitive to to touch we should be sensitive in all matters um in our approaches and in the way we handle things, because there's kindness and all these and, and all of these things, we we could break down every one of these words, but it, it all comes down to um, relationship within uh, the the context of a corporate setting and uh, of the body, and also to others around us who may not be part of the body or a new creation as well. But he is in this. Immediate context is actually talking about the body, um, and the church right here, and uh, to 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 not to not have division or uh, things out of our actions and our reactions. Okay, so we are we are told to live forgiving one another after the pattern of Jesus's forgiveness towards us. So understanding the way that Jesus forgave us will make us. Um, more generous with forgiveness and more generous i believe so um when one thinks of how christ has forgiven us it should make us much more generous with forgiveness right that god is um um slow to anger and uh, he extends his love to all to to the whole world he's reconciled the world to himself uh, he makes the first move towards us and in, in forgiveness. All right. Um, all of those things should, should come into play and come to mind now. Um, and above all these put on love, which binds everything together in this perfect harmony. Love is a big thing with, um, with Paul obviously, but he's obviously trying to make it a big thing to the body as well, because, uh, Love is the summary of all things described in this passage. Love perfectly fulfills what God requires of us in relationships and within the body as Christ as is the head. All right, so now we go on. 15, that the rule of the peace of God means that peace should characterize the community then of the body, the corporate nature of the body, and that peace is standard, for discerning God's will, um, and 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 this is through the Word of Christ dwelling in us richly and teaching and admonishing once an, uh, one another. All right, the new creation walks in the Word of God and in worship with other believers. Um, there, there's these psalms and hymns and spiritual uh, songs that, that go on. It's a variety suggests that God delights in creativity and and how we all have an individual way of doing these things. So there's uh, a, a, lo- a large um, option here <laughs> of how to do this, all right? We, but it's all with thankfulness in our hearts to God and the way we worship, the way we live our lives, all right? So we do all these things, everything in the name of the Lord. The new creation lives his life. In all of his life for Christ, and he will seek to do the things that he may do in the name of the Lord, and he will uh, uh, preserve uh, in the the in the trials and the tribulations or the difficulty of doing such things, knowing that he is doing them for the glory of God, in giving thanks to God, uh, doing these in the name of Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. All right. And now this last part is Paul going into household uh, codes. Wives, submit to your husbands as, fitting, um, as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. Bondservants, obey in everything those uh, who are your earthly just like in Ephesians, we have a little list of household codes here. Um, <clears throat> I don't think I need to explain it that much. Wives are to submit to husbands. Husbands are to love their wives and not be harsh with them. Children obey parents. All this stuff pleases the Lord. Um, I, I go into more detail in this in the Ephesians sermons. If you were to look that up and listen to it, um, you, you'll you'll get the point. Um however, the ideal of submission does not have anything to do with um higher ranks or people being better or smarter or stronger. Paul often does use the creation order in his defense on uh, or argument on things there however um I've addressed that in other episodes as well, but he this divine this defines the sphere of of a wife's submission at the beginning. It's to her own husband. Um, uh, the Bible never commands nor recommends a general submission of women unto men. It is commanded only in the spheres of the home and in the church, um, usually within uh, the the marriage. All right? God does not command that men have exclusive uh, authority um, over uh, such matters either. So... um <laughs> uh n- n- we'll just leave it at that all right these things are uh as fitting to the lord and um pleases the lord so we have all of that there um you could go really in depth with that some people do but um i i think i've covered it well enough in ephesians all right so just check that out if you have not listen to it so um he also addresses the slaves or bond servants So all right so paul is including uh women children and slaves which was unheard of at that time so he was setting out these uh household codes there for for everyone now um the the part though in 21 lest they become discouraged children who grow, grow up with parents who provoke them will become discouraged. Um, they may not feel the love and the support from their parents like they should, and they will come to believe that maybe the whole world and all that is crashing down and against them because they, they feel that their parents are uh, <clears throat> against them. So this reminds us of uh, how important it is uh, to guard our parenting or season our parenting with lots and lots of mercy and Grace, grace. So we should be uh, as as gracious and gentle and forgiving and long suffering with our children, um, as 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 God has been with humanity. All right. So, um, and, and then the whole um, w- when he's speaking to the bond servants, he would, today it would be em- employees, not by way of eye service as people pleasers, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. All of this, like we, we we should not be working um, in the way to just please man. God wants every worker to to see that ultimately that they work for Him. So we should do it heartily. Uh, God promised to reward those who work with that kind of heart, but it's not by our works that we're rewarded. It's for the good works created in us through Jesus. Being a good worker, being a good husband, being a good parent, being a good uh, a wife and all of that, and everything that we do, we should do it good, not uh, to just look good, not to just be a people pleaser or a brown nose and all that good stuff. We do it in all in reverence of the Lord with a humble heart and humility, uh, doing it the best we can, empowered by the Holy Spirit, uh, to not be dishonest, to not be lazy or un. Unre- unreliable in any of these aspects of our lives uh but to do it um as best as we can as god has created us to and to to know that that final reward will be uh to appear with him in his glory and in um eternal uh life so it ends with for the wrongdoer will be paid back right um the wrongdoer now is this a a believer, a a believer that's wrongdoing or one who does not know the Lord and they're doing wrong already? Well, that's debatable here. People debate on it. Um, some some say that when the believer does uh, poorly in his job, then he should should not expect any uh, special uh, attention or leniency from their boss. Um, <laughs> so. That would apply here to the Christian and, and for God. God paying back the wrong that he has done. However, there is no condemnation for those who are in Jesus. So I believe he's contrasting the um, the, the new creation with those who are not in Christ here. The wrongdoer will be paid back for the wrong he has done. Uh, and But although that last sentence there, there is no partiality, is confusing. Uh, is confusing. Um, for for the ancient Christian slaves, uh, there was no guarantee on on earth of fairness of treatment from the from who they were under and who they worked for. Sometimes partiality means that the bad workers um, were unfairly rewarded, and good employees um, uh, could still be or penalized and left unrewarded at times. But Paul assures that both. Um, both them and, and and us there is a final rewarding and a punishment which with which there is no partiality. So I believe it's contrasting um and 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 that 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 the judgment comes no matter what, but there's no partiality. Like if you're a new creation, you're going to do these good things, you're going to live as Christ has lived, or as a disciple of Christ trying to do what uh, you need to do, uh, <laughs> well, not trying to do what you need to do. You want to do it because God is first love, does because Jesus has given His life, and that, um, we do it, we we do it for Him as as worship and as praise. Um, but there are still people that will be doing wrong. There's those are these are those people who are outside of Christ. They are still of Adam. Uh, they will be paid back if they have not uh, repented and been reconciled to the Father. Therefore, there's no partiality. So, um, maybe a little confusing there, but there are different uh, different interpretations for that last verse there. That it's saying that it's a Christian that's the wrongdoer. Um, however, being forgiven, you're forgiven. So, unless this is someone that's a, who is in habitual sin, who is willfully Sinning against the Lord. they have become a wrongdoer <laughs> uh, Christian, um, w- which is kind of hard to fathom, because I don't believe you'll want to be in those things if you are new, made new and being transformed and renewed. Uh, so it seems to me for the wrongdoer'll we'll be paid back for the wrong he has done. He's talking about the sinner there, I believe. So just letting you know, there's different variations on interpretations on that last verse. And that wraps up chapter three of Colossians. And we did it one episode. So awesome. There it is. there's another episode thank you so much for listening any questions comments disagreements send them my way at the kingdom project podcast at gmail.com and until next time be a mustard seed be 11 thanks for listening